Hello and welcome everyone once again to another episode of 49ers Future. Back after a one-week hiatus due to schedules not matching up, but we're back here again and we're ready to talk about another another exciting week of 49ers football. With me is I'm your host, sorry, before we get into with me, I'm your host, Y2 Lamanaki, one of the moderators over at the 49ers board at the Football's Future Forums. With me as always, now it's this turn, is Forge, my co-moderator, my co- co-host in this podcast. Good friend. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Happy holidays, sir. How are you? Happy holidays to you as well. Yeah, we're recording this uh, on Christmas Eve Eve, so uh, the, the podcast should release to everybody on Christmas Eve, which is obviously the perfect time to release anything because nobody else has anything to do on that day. So. And, and I hope they appreciate it because this we, we nearly were going to have to miss two weeks in a row, and, and we just couldn't have that. We no. couldn't let the listeners down. No, it, it happened once thanks to to bronchitis, but we couldn't do it. Uh, couldn't do it this week thanks to to the holiday. So, um, but that said, why don't we why don't we get right into talking about the the game that happened? Uh, it was a couple nights ago now, as of recording, Saturday night. The 49ers managed to squeak out a victory against the Rams. It was a little closer than you know we probably hoped for, but we did get the win, which is great. Thirty four to thirty one. Once again, on the, the final play uh, of the game is when the game was basically decided, uh, although the Falcons game, you know, that did take a, an extra play afterwards. But uh, we, we have had four straight come down to the final wire. We're two and two in them. Uh, are you a little tired of this? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm well beyond tired of this at this point. I, am, I, I have no fingernails left. I, I, I'm just, I'm twitching now, you know, on Mondays. It's it's really it's it's really quite amazing and and the funny thing is is that we should be seasoned vets at this right because what was it it was two years ago or yeah two years ago when we ran that weird gauntlet where we lost like four straight games by like three points or less five straight five straight yeah. games like that yeah so we should be used to this but it never I guess I guess now with stakes it's a little bit different it's it's it is a little bit different. Um, but anyway, the 49ers were able to keep pace for that first round by uh, and the number one seed with a win over the Rams. Um, we know all we have to do is beat the Seahawks, which is a little easier said than done. Um, but in this game against the Rams, you know, we had our had our struggles on both sides of the ball. So I'd like to start with the defense. You know, let's talk about the beginning of the game, because uh, once again, the Rams were able to drive right down the field on the opening possession and score a touchdown. Um, this time a little bit different. So last time they ran the ball seven straight times, and this time they decided to use all kinds of bootlegs and getting golf in motion, and, and the defense just had no answer. What did you see out there? I was really frustrated by how long it took us to adjust to those those bootlegs. I mean, they just kept rolling those out, and we really didn't adjust to those until right before the half. But, man, the defense is worrying me right now. Like, it's – they have to step up. Like, and I hate saying that because they were so good at the beginning of the season, but this has been, I don't, I don't think people understand because on the surface, it doesn't look like it's been that bad, right? If you go back and look at some of the, some of the stats over these games outside of the new Orleans game or where, where we were pretty much got torched, right? Right. Outside of that game, the other games don't look so bad. And then you just look and it's like, man, we just gave up 31 points, you know, like, and, but if you look at like the base stats, like we held them to five of 13 on third down, their yards per play was less than six. They were, they were actually below us. Their running game really didn't get anything going. Gurley averaged barely three yards a carry. So it, on the surface, like everything seems good. And then I think somebody brought it. I, I think it's Jay who's, who's brought it up a couple of times. It's like, this team has just the defense has lost its ability to be clutch kind of like the, the plays that we were making before to shut down teams. Remember those, those games were like Cleveland where we just completely obliterated them on third and fourth down. Sure. Like those are not happening. We're just giving up bad plays at bad times. And then combine that with, you know, the lack of sacks, the, the lack of interceptions, even though we got one in this game, I, I don't think people realize how, how bad it's gotten because so I, I didn't have the best view for this game. I, I watched the first half in a restaurant and then the second half in a, in a, in a um, uh, sports book. Sorry. And usually I don't do that. So I didn't have the best. So I didn't remember the specific graphic, but uh, I know they flashed it during the game where like, so through so many weeks we were first in sacks. 
And then over the last so many weeks, we were like 29th. Uh, I also read that we were over so many period of weeks recently, dead last interceptions uh, since like week 10 or week 11. And I know we've excoriated the QBR stat from ESPN before, but we were first in QBR against. And over the last few weeks, we've been dead last. And that metric is a joke, but I mean, I think you can kind of get what I'm saying because no matter the metric, I mean, if you go from first to dead last, it's, it's really bad. And I don't really care what the metric is. I mean, that's just a bad sign. I mean, we can at least use it to, to gauge that. And so I don't think people realize how bad the defense has been because on the surface, you go back and you kind of look at, look over everything. And it's like, it's not so bad, but it really is. It really is right now. So I have a, I have a kind of follow-up question to you. Cause you, you mentioned that the defense just hasn't been clutch lately. And I, and I was kind of thinking about that myself uh, for a few weeks but, but my thought's been slightly different than, than Jay's. I, has this defense ever been clutch? You know, you know, we compared this team, or at least I've compared this team a lot to the 2011 team uh, from the, the beginning of this podcast's history at the beginning of the year. And the thing with the 2011 team is they made those clutch plays. I can't think of a time when this defense has needed to make the clutch play that they did. Now, the one exception is the Seahawks game. You know, when, when um, Dre or yeah, Dre Greenlaw made the interception of, of Wilson deep in their territory as they were driving down the field, that was a clutch play. Now, we didn't get the clutch play again when we needed it, but, but we're talking, look at the games that we've lost. Whenever the defense has needed to make a play, they haven't. That's the big difference to me between the, the, 2011, the 2011 defense and, you know, those guys that, that played over the next three years in the Harbaugh era versus this team. Well, you look at Justin Smith in the, the Eagles game in 2011, you know, punching the ball out, uh, preserving a win. You think of the pick at the stick, uh, Navarro Bowman sealing that game. You think of Navarro Bowman in coverage in the, the Falcons in the NFC Championship game. You know, when that team needed to make the big play in order to, you know, save a game or, or just, you know, close out a game, they did it. This team seems to be the exact opposite. Like, whenever they're needed, to make just that one last play, they seem to to, to botch it and they, they 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 crumble a little bit. So my question is: This defense, like, has it been clutch at all this year? So, so it's actually an interesting an, an interesting question because there are two. This will sound weird. There, there's sort of like two brands of clutch, right? So you have what I think that you're speaking to, which is like the last drive making that stop so that they don't take the lead, right? And we we gave that up in New Orleans. We gave it up in Baltimore. We gave it up in Atlanta. I, these these are all valid, right? We just couldn't make the stop on the last one. But they have had clutch moments before, and they just haven't happened on the very last, you know, very last drive. So you go back to DJ Jones's uh, fumble, forced fumble. That was a big play at the time. Uh, you go back to Pittsburgh, right? Because that touchdown, the final touchdown, was set up. On a fumble, right? I, I could be wrong, but yeah, I, I, I think that's what happened. We 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 got a fumble, and then Jimmy took it down for the for the game game winning score. Uh, so they've made plays, and they've come back at different times where they needed to make stops, and they have. But it, it yeah, I, I get what you're saying because at the end of a game, they really haven't. We, we've we've actually battled that, but they've made big stops. They had the fumble against Baltimore. They had the fumble against New Orleans. Like those were big plays. They just weren't the final drive of the game, but those were big plays where we needed to have the defense step up. So it, it's it's definitely an interesting question. I, I agree with what you're saying is that when, when it's come down to it, final drive, like, you know, you're, you got to shut it down or you're going home a loser. They've kind of messed that part up. Um, so I, I do get what you're saying there, but I do believe that they've been clutch. I, you know, at, at different times, just maybe in a different way than than we are used to. You know, they basically won the game for us, in my opinion, at Tampa. You know, with the pick sixes. I mean, or you could say Jameis did. Um, whatever. But <laughs> so I think they definitely had their moments uh, of of clutch play. But yeah, they just haven't done it at the at the end of the game. So that said, I do want to uh, move on a little bit because I'd like to. You know, get past the the Rams game a little bit quicker than usual. There wasn't a 
uh, you know, a whole lot of stellar play to, to talk about. So um, I do want to talk about the offense because the offense similarly struggled for, you know, a good bit of the game. Um, it doesn't sound right when, you know, the team scored 34 points, but they had a lot of short fields and um, even then weren't able to, to cash in. So they, you know, started their first drive inside the, the red zone, which was fantastic. Uh, only came away with three points. Um, but Garoppolo couldn't get going. The the run game was, you know, averaging a, a healthy yard per carry, but it just seemed like the the team wasn't, you know, it wasn't firing like it did in, in recent weeks. Um, you know, thinking, of course, back to the, the Saints game as recently. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Honestly, so I, I thought about this because it, it's uh, the offense again was was really really weird because technically we only put up twenty seven offensively, right? Because the other seven came on a pick six, and I feel like maybe it was just a lack of a rhythm. So, the, Jimmy Garoppolo is such a rhythm passer. Like once he gets in that rhythm, he's really good, and we saw that the last two drives. He's he's really good. He does you know he does his thing, but. I, it just kind of like it, it felt like a starting and stopping sort of situation. Like we, it was very very choppy, is the best way I could probably describe it. So like we would like you know spurt and start and spit. You know it's it was just weird. It definitely the, Jimmy Garoppolo did not play a great game. Obviously he had the two picks. He took numerous sacks that were on him and not the line. And the line was also responsible for some, but he he took a couple that were pretty atrocious. Uh, but you know, again, when you go back and look at how effective the actual offense is, it's kind of funny because, you know, we, on a per play basis, we, we, we were more efficient. We averaged more yards per play and, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo averaged like, you know, almost, almost nine and a half yards in attempt, which is, which is kind of insane. So like, there were all these kind of weird, weird things going on, uh, with that. I, I don't know. I, the offense didn't look good. Jimmy looked like he was crap in the bed. And then obviously he, he came out big with the, the last two. It's just one of those things where sometimes we don't get the rhythm and the, and the team just looks so bad, like just so bad. And it's, it's so, it bothers me so much. And it especially bothers me because this seems to be happening more at home than it does on the road. Like, what's that about? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question that I, I mean, we don't even have it on the outline, but it's a, it's a good one to talk about. Because we have, yeah. It seems like all of the games where we have struggled have come on the the come at home at Levi's, uh, and it's it's weird. I I mean I, I don't know what to attribute that to. It it could just be that you know we're getting the the tougher games uh, at home. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's definitely it's definitely a weird situation. Like I haven't because so so the Rams have a fine defense, right? Like their defense is solid. So if you struggle a little bit against them, it's not like the most worrisome thing ever. And Pittsburgh's defense is really good. So obviously we had a lot of unforced errors, but that's part of the problem, right? We make these weird plays like, you know, we had five turnovers against Pittsburgh and like three or four of them were just completely unforced. And so we just seem discombobulated at, you know, at home sometimes. The Seattle game, we were missing two key pieces, obviously, but that was also a long week for us. And we got nothing going in that game, really. You know, Staley was a mess. And, and you know, we started off hot and then we just kind of evaporated. It, it's just been really weird. We came out against Arizona very, very flat. And they were up, you know, two scores early. So it's just really, really weird. Like, I, I posted in one of the threads. Like, it feels like 50-50, regardless of opponent, we're just dropping duds at home. And I don't, I don't know what that is about at all. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't answer that either. But the one player on offense that you know seemed to, to look pretty good early on in the game, um, you know, basically the only one. Uh, did want to mention Debo Samuel. You know, he had the the one drive where, you know, it was the only the only drive where we were in a rhythm early. Uh, you had mentioned it, uh, rhythm being a huge part of Garoppolo's game. It's also a huge part of Shanahan's game. And uh, you know that early drive when Debo scored the the rushing touchdown. Um, not only did he have the 19-yard run, he had the 19-yard reception. Looked good on that drive. It was a nice quick one, so I did want to give him a, a little bit of a shout-out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I know that uh, a lot of people in the league are, are fawning over A.J. Brown and, and Terry McLaurin, and, and rightfully so, but very, very happy with what we have in, in Debo. I, that's not a situation where I'm looking at that pick and I'm like, 
oh, I wish we had gone a different way. I, you know what I mean? I, I think this is just going to work out. It feels like it's going to be one of those situations where it's just going to work out for everybody, right? Like we're going to be happy with Debo. Titans are going to be happy with Brown and Washington's going to be super happy with, with Terry McLaurin. Like, you know, and I, I think that's great. I, I think Debo's legit. I love that we give him, you know, we gave him three carries. I'd love for him to get three or four carries a game, even as a wide receiver. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, announcers have made it the point of bringing it up a, a number of times that he's built like a running back. And it's true. Uh, he is. And when he has the ball in his hands, he's, he's tough to bring down. Um, I think he's forced, uh, he's up to 20 missed tackles uh, at this point, which is crazy for a wide receiver. Um, and that's why he's getting, he's getting all of these carries and all of these uh, fun gadget plays. And it's great. It's, I mean, it's tough for an offense uh, or tough for a defense rather that's facing us because we use the the fly sweep a lot just to kind of, you know, throw defenses off. And the fact that we have somebody very legitimate who can take that ball and run with it very, very well, that's something that, you know, it's going to keep people honest for a few extra seconds. It's going to make the, the rest of those kind of plays work. You know, Absolutely. And, and, and we can run it in different, different methods with him too. Like we can do the straight jet sweep. We run that inside trap with him. You know what I mean? When he's coming up. So like he has, he has a myriad of uses just even running the football. So that kind of weaponization of a, a receiver is, is, is awesome. And uh, I do want to, while we're just touching on guys, like he, he didn't play obviously much at all during the game, but what a huge catch from Ross Dwelly. Like oh, just, yeah. To come in cold like that pretty much and just, I mean, that's not an easy catch taking that hit right off and holding on to that football, just huge, huge play. Uh, you know, kudos to, I mean, we, we, you know, we're not going to give him a game ball for one one catch, but it had to be mentioned because it was just such a monster catch. It was, and he only played two snaps. That was it. He had two snaps on offense and he made absolutely the most of uh, definitely that one for sure. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't remember what the snap was, but that was the that was a snap count for the game. His his efficiency with regards to like overall touches to big time plays is ridiculously high right now. So yeah. just just saying that because he's not got a lot of catches, but he's got a couple touchdowns against Arizona. He had that one really huge first down uh, earlier in the season on on like a third or fourth and two or whatever. So uh, yeah. Yeah, coming coming up big when when he's needed. So uh, just shout out to Dwelly and shout out to Bourne uh, for his big first down catch. Uh, seriously, all the dude does is catch first downs and touchdowns. I mean, it's it's amazing. He's got I think thirty catches on the year, and yeah. all but three of them have either been for a first down or a touchdown. It's like crazy. It's yeah, absolutely. And we were ready to to kick him off the team after the first Seahawks game. So. He's rebounded. He's rebounded pretty nicely. Uh, good for him. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised Dwelly's not getting more more snaps. I mean, obviously we have Kittle, um, but you're right. Like when he was the replacement for for Juice for a few weeks, and then when he had a play for Kittle, you know, he came up clutch in in big situations. Uh, I, I'd love to get him on the field more for those, but we'll see if that that happens. Now, that said, you did mention the the pick six from Fred Warner. So I want to talk about that for a moment because that was a that came at a huge moment in the game. So at that point in the game, we were trading scores with the Rams. Uh, we had been down fourteen to three, and then twenty-one to ten. Um, you know, we had cut the cut the score back down to one. Uh, you know, a one-score game. It was twenty-one seventeen. The Rams were were driving, and then Fred Warner turns it around. Uh, you know, with under a minute to go in the the first half, intercepts the ball. Um, you know, kind of looked like he kind of baited golf into that. And took it all the way. Huge, huge play. What did you see? Yeah, I mean, what a crazy, crazy turn of events that was. Because I thought, for the most part, you know, the Rams had been in control. They were up, at, what were they? They were up like 21 to 10 at one point, right? It was 21 uh, to 10. Yeah, and, and there wasn't much time left in the half. There was like five minutes to go in the half or something like that. I don't remember the exact time I said, like, my, my, my what you call it's a little bit wonky, but. No, oh, it was under uh, it was under a minute. Yeah, yeah. So I we we were, you know, a couple minutes away, a few minutes away from going down, you know, from going into halftime down two scores and somehow we're going into halftime with the lead, which is which is insane. Just such a huge play. Obviously, 
that was the the biggest thing uh, for Warner last year for me was that like I just didn't see him make these big plays, and now he's just made so many big plays this year. Uh, you know, the the sacks against Wilson in C- the Seattle game. He had the the sack against uh, Rogers, right in Green Bay. He was the strip sack, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then obviously this pick. I mean, he's been a big play magnet this year. It's been great to see. And he just undercut that route. So it was nice because they were just killing us on, on short. And you're right. I think he just kind of baited it. And then just, I mean, golf, like first off, I mean, it's such a, it's such a bad throw by cough. <laughs> uh, so I'm watching it right now, the, the replay and you know, Warner just follows him the entire time and then just, turns on the Jets and undercuts it. And it's just the easiest pick six that he'll probably ever get. Uh, but just a huge play to be, you know, to come down. Nice adjustment with regards to, hey, they're just killing us short. Like all night, man. It was, it was, that was brutal. Uh, so it was nice to kind of take that away because you have to force them to change it up. They're not going to do it for you if it's going to, you know, if it's still working. So uh, it was a huge moment because in the second half, when they did have to open it up a little bit, they weren't nearly as successful. I mean, they had, you know, six drives in the second half and three of them went for less than 10 yards. I think it was negative nine, one yard and three yards. I mean, they still had three decent drives, but they had three that just went nowhere, which was a vast improvement, including that huge drive, the huge, huge drive right after the the Jimmy interception to open up the half. And that was a big sequence of events right there. Absolutely. Um, so let's move on and let's talk a little bit about Jimmy Garoppolo. So in that game, he, uh, you mentioned he was not looking too hot. It looked like he was going to come out and crap the bed right away. Um, midway through the fourth quarter, you know, we're talking about a guy who barely had over 100 yards. He had thrown two interceptions. Uh, he had the lowest quarterback rating uh, of the season at that point. He was only, um, I think it was 31.9 is where he was at. And then Garoppolo does what? Garoppolo does. Uh, He comes through in clutch situations. And in the second half of that fourth quarter, he was on fire. He was, he was beautiful. And I want to talk a little bit about a couple plays in particular. Um, Of course, we're going to talk about the third and 16s because, you know, we're there. It's a tie game. Uh, We're talking under two minutes to go. We can't give the Rams the ball back because you know, as we had just talked about, our defense isn't, you know, the most clutch in those kind of situations. We really needed points to, to win that game and win it in regulation. Third and 16, we had come in missing 50 straight, and he he completes the one to Bourne for 18 yards. And then later we end up in the same situation, and he completes the, the big long bomb to Emmanuel Sanders. So we'll talk about that in a second. But first, it's time for Forge's favorite game. Why two is impossible statistical trivia. And Forge, I'm going to give you three chances for this. Oh, but, wow. Uh, I, I just, three. Way to make me feel bad on Christmas. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to do. It's my gift to you. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I just said that we had missed 50 straight in that situation, third and 16. Um, Kyle Shanahan mentioned a lot of times in those situations, he, get frust- he gets frustrated, just calls a run to get some yards back, um, you know, play a little bit of field position game knowing that it's really hard to convert those. So here's your 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 three opportunities uh, for credit. I want to know what uh, who the last quarterback was to complete a third and 16 and convert. I'll give you a credit if you can name the quarterback, the receiver, or the opponent. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. So the quarterback the receiver or the or the or the opponent correct yeah wow okay let me i gotta think about this don't worry we could edit your thinking out (laughs) all right so we'll say tim retay 49ers legend tim retay okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna answer yes or no until you give me the okay sorry uh I will say the receiver is. <laughs> I don't even. I'm trying to think. Wait, who was his? Who who did he have as receivers? Arnez Battle. Yeah, we'll say Arnez Battle. Okay. 
and we'll say we'll say against the Rams. Okay. Well, Forge, congratulations. Merry <laughs> Christmas. You got one of the three correct. Yes. <laughs> it was not Tim Rattay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, was, it was Brian Hoyer. It happened much, much more recently. <laughs> oh, it was the it was that crazy Rams game on a Thursday night. Yes, it was. So it was a it was a third and sixteen. Brian Hoyer completed a pass to Pierre Garcon for eighteen yards to to make the conversion. Uh, we were down seventeen ten at the time, but yes, it was against the Rams. Yes, congratulations. Yes. <laughs> but that's um, it. Uh, pretty I, I crazy. Like right? A weight has been lifted. Yeah, the last three times uh, it happened were were all against the Rams. Now I will say Tim Rattay uh, had had a few of those. Uh, it looks like he has four of them in in the time period of uh, third and sixteens or more conversions. So that's pretty cool. And Arna's battle did catch one from Alex Smith once. So hey, you, right. you, you had a you had all of the people. They all they all did it at some point, but it wasn't all the answers we were looking for. <laughs> However, you did guess the Rams, and for that, for the first time ever, you get credit in this game. That said, let's talk about the ones in this this most recent. Quick side note. Did you know Tim Rattay is the Washington quarterbacks coach? I did not know that. I did not know that either. (laughs) I just thought I'd point that out because I was completely unaware aware of that. But he apparently became the Washington Redskins quarterback coach this year. Okay. It happened happened this year. I was going to say if it happened last year and he had a coach, Alex Smith, there's some... uh, Great deal of irony in there. <laughs> oh, that would have been hilarious. I mean, they're still there. Alex is obviously, I mean, he's just hurt, but that is that is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Crazy small world. Yeah. Uh, 49ers legend Tim Rattay, the quarterback coach of the Redskins. But that said, let's talk about those two uh, third and 16 plays because that was crazy. Uh, what, what were you thinking when, when those situations were coming up? What were you expecting? So, you know, what was funny is the, uh, the Bourne play. I actually felt really good about it is as weird as that sounds. The first one I felt good about, I was like, I kind of feel like we're okay here. Like I, I didn't know that we were going to get it on, um, on, on, on right there, but I feel, I felt like we were going to get it close enough to where we might make a decision like a, you know, really fourth and short. We probably would have punted it given the time left and that was a tie game, but I felt weirdly like good about it. The second one, I was just like, man, this is just sucks. Like, I felt like, you know, we make the big conversion, super exciting. Sportsbook went nuts. And then, you know, we come back and, and a couple of plays later, it's right back in the same situation. That was frustrating, that second one. And, and I had a really bad feeling. In fact, at that point, I was, I felt like we were probably going to lose. Same. And, uh, and then obviously... What a huge, huge throw. I mean, all the more impressive his arm gets hit. I don't know what Taylor Rapp was doing on that play. Um, I, I dislike Jalen Ramsey a, a, a good deal, uh, but I'm actually 100% on his side here. I don't know what Taylor Rapp was doing. Every time I look at that replay, I'm just like, dude, where are you going? Because you can comment all you want about Ramsey and, and how he was playing his trail technique, but he's never responsible for the deep coverage there. That's always Rapp. So I, right. I don't... I don't know what rap's doing. It was, you know, it's nice to see another team have that kind of blow up on a, on something simple because if rap doesn't mess that up, I don't think that play ends well, <laughs> you know, like, so, uh, but at the time I, I, the first one, I, I, I weirdly still had high hopes and the second one I was despondent. <laughs> yeah. The, I, I didn't have high hopes for, for either of them. I mean, you know, you get into a third and 16, it's tough. I mean, it's one thing if I, I feel like in that situation, if you're losing the game, then I would feel better about a third and 16. As as odd as that sounds, I just feel like you're, you're going to go for it regardless and you're going to push past the chains. But I was so ready for a throw that was like four yards and then the, the receiver would gain an extra eight afterwards and we'd be four yards short and be punting after the Rams called a timeout. That's what I expected on, on each of them. Um, you know, but Garoppolo just heaved it and, you know, he, he threaded the needle to Bourne. Um, that was a lot closer than it looked, uh, you know, and then credit to Bourne for, for knowing where he was on the field. 
Um, yeah. he, he caught the ball about two yards sh- short of the first down. He, he had to twist his body and fall backwards between two Rams defenders to get the extra, you know, four yards on that play to, to make the conversion. It was, that's incredible. Yeah. I, I really like that because our receivers don't always have the greatest situational awareness. Uh, we saw that against the saints when Debo ran out of bounds. Uh, and we saw it again in this game yeah. from Debo when he made the really weird turn like when he caught when he had the pass and he makes a really weird turn right into a defender I I don't know but I like the fact that Bourne basically just caught it and knew that he was just going to do whatever he could just to fall toward you know into the first down he didn't try to get crazy he didn't try to get you know all I'm going to juke you out of your shoes and he, he didn't try to get creative he just caught it and then plowed down you know, and twisted his body and just made sure that he could kind of get to the first down marker. It was a huge play. I mean, it just speaks volumes for, for knowing the situation and where you have to be uh, to, to, to make that play work. Absolutely. Um, and then in the second one, I agree with you. Um, you know, I do blame both Ramsey and, uh, and rap for, for that. I think, you know, both of them played that play terribly, but um, I will put more of the fault on, on rap. Cause obviously he was way, way outside. Um, I, I don't really know what he was thinking um, at that point, but good for us. I don't care. It's, it's a Ram that messed up. Uh, it, I'll, I'll take that. Hey, you know what? It shouldn't even come down to that. I mean, we had a guy who, I mean, Marcel Harris dropped the easiest interception he'll ever have in his life. So it really shouldn't even come down to that, you know? So they messed up a play after we messed up a play, you know, it was just, it, it was evening it out, you know, because if Marcel Harris picks off that pass, it, you know, the game's over then, probably. It's absolutely true. That's it. I want to talk about Garoppolo one last second. Um, you know, the, on The Athletic, I think it was Marcus Thompson uh, who who had the perfect description for Garoppolo's passes. And I think you, you'll love it, too. You probably read it yourself. Uh, it, it's his YOLO passes, which <laughs> just seems like <laughs> what he throws all the time. You don't know if it's going to be intercepted. You don't know if it's going to go for a first. But it's like, eh, you only live once. Let's know what we're going for it. <laughs> Uh, Garoppa Yolo. That's his, that's his new nickname. I, 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 I've seen the article and, and for those who don't have it, um, we're not being paid to, but I think we would both wholly endorse having an athletic subscription. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's some phenomenal stuff there, obviously. And Barrows has always been great, but there's, there's a lot of great writers. Ted Wynn, uh, his breakdowns of a lot of stuff are fantastic. And of course, Kawakami, love him or hate him is on there and he's a quality writer. So, uh, I had seen it. I haven't read it yet, but that is funny because I would totally agree with that. Like Jimmy just, he's, he's got, that, he's got a gunslinger mentality and you're going to live and die with it, man. And it'll frustrate you sometimes. And then, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those situations. Like you, you, you always, once you have, once you're in this marriage with somebody, right? Like we are with Garoppolo. Sometimes you think of the, the opposite, right? So we've seen the opposite. We, we, we had him. His name was Alex Smith. And he was a guy that was a quality quarterback. And I, I've defended Alex a lot because I think he was a guy that you could win a Super Bowl with if you had the right kind of team and situation around him. I, I think he was a quality quarterback, but he was the type of quarterback he was, which was not one to take many risks. And then when you have that kind of quarterback, you're wishing for Garoppolo. And then when you have Garoppolo you're and you see those picks sometimes and you're like, what I wouldn't give for Alex Smith, you know? And it's just, yeah. sometimes you kind of forget because the grass is always greener on the other side. And as fans of a team who've had, you know, both of these type of quarterbacks in recent memory, uh, a lot of us have been on this forum long enough to remember all of these quarterbacks, you know, most oh, yeah. of us remember the, the flame wars of, of the Alex Smith era. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I do think it's funny. I, you know, Garoppolo is, you know, he's, he's starting to impress me though, man. Like I know he's got his flaws and he's got his warts, but like, he just keeps winning these games and not all of his throws look, but I feel like he and, and Shanahan are just a really good match. And even if I didn't have the utmost confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo, like I have such confidence in that marriage in, in, that union between those two Mm -hmm. that I just feel like he's, he's, it's always going to be good. Like 
I've said it before. I, I worry about building a team through defense. I don't think you can sustain that in this day and age. So you always need, you, you, you need to have that quarterback. You need to have that offense in place. And what I think is going to keep us going as a competitive team moving forward is not this defense, even though I do think this defense has a couple more years of being very good left. It's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense. And I'm starting to see that man. Like even, even in, in games that he struggles because then he comes back with those two drives and you're just like, yeah, this is a franchise quarterback. You know, I don't care what the first, you know, <laughs> I don't care what the first 11 drives look like. Look at him now, <laughs> you know, and yeah. part of being a franchise quarterback is being able to chuck those first 11 drives out the window. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I've been a big fan of both. I mean, I, I got my dream head coach, uh, quarterback combination uh, midway through 2017. And, uh, you know, it's it's playing out uh, as, as good as I could have dreamed of um, with that. That said, I want to interrupt um, briefly, talk about this. We're going to talk about the playoffs in a little bit later. Um, we're going to continue talking a little bit about the Rams. Um, but I do want to say that as of right now, uh, you know, we've just about officially clinched, uh, you know, being able to finish no lower than the fifth seed because um, the Vikings are down two scores. The Packers have the ball, and it looks like they're just going to run the clock out now. So go us. The worst we can do is play on the road in the NFC East. <laughs> right. uh, Yay. Yay. <laughs> that's, that's, a lot, that's a lot better than traveling to the Superdome week one of the playoffs. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Because this, I mean, I, I forget who the Packers, I think the Packers play the Lions next week, and yeah. Mr. David Blau. So, they're going to win that, right? Like That's not a question. So I believe the Packers have essentially locked up the number two seed at this point, provided we don't win. If we win, I mean, if we lose, they're going to get the number one seed, but which is insane for me to even think about. Right. Uh, because we just, I mean, we crushed them. And yeah. they haven't struck me as the greatest team all year. Like, obviously, we've played a lot of upper echelon teams. And we hammered them. So that kind of blows my mind, but yeah, uh, it's, you know, rough break for the saints, man. Definitely. And it is now official. Uh, we can do no worse than the fifth seed. That's it. Let's get back to the Rams game real quick. Cause there's one last unit I want to talk about and it's special teams and it's not special teams. What in the hell? Because I think for the first time all year, they were really the stars of this game. Uh, Richie James opened up with that huge kickoff return uh, over 80 yards. Um, you know, I thought for a second he might take it all the way. He did a great job of following his blockers. Um, beyond that, Robbie Gold had a couple of good field goals, uh, had the clutch one to win the game. Um, Wisnowski had great. He had a net yard per, per average over 43 yards, which is excellent for a punter. Um, excellent special teams. Who did you like most out there? So, I, I mean, on a... <laughs> I'll say Gould because obviously he, he, he made the big kick, but I'm starting to feel better about him a little bit. You know, Same. he, he basically went six for six in this between the extra points and the field goals. So feel good there. Uh, you know, Richie James, I almost feel like, you know, he's bound to break one sooner or later. He's too talented with the ball in his hands. Like it's kind of frustrating that he hasn't broken more uh, because he, he's so quick and, and agile and, and, I'm actually surprised that he hasn't been more effective in the return game, but, and then Mitch just, I mean, he had five punts, you know, Johnny Hecker has been one of the best punters for a while. Um, and their stats look very, very similar in this game. And the fact that, you know, Wisnowski, the thing that I've really liked and enjoyed about him is he, he it hasn't happened every game, but you know, he had five punts and they had one yard in punt returns. And that's been a common theme. Like we, we've had some breakdowns, you know, uh, Seattle um, had a big one. New Orleans had a big one. Somebody else had a good one. Uh, but, but he's really locked in a lot of punt returners uh, with his kicks and the way he kicks. So, uh, you know, before I was wondering if we, you know, we, we were kind of looking at Michael Dixon because of the Aussie connection and stuff like that. And, uh, I wonder if Mitch isn't closer to Johnny Hecker, to be perfectly honest, uh, hmm. because that's what Hecker's done. Hecker's never been the guy with the big, huge leg. He's just, he's always minimized returns and kept his, his gross and his net really close. And I wonder if that's not what, what Mitch is going to be moving forward uh, along with a tank. If we ever get the guts 
to just let him run a fake punt, man. Kind of looking forward to that. I am too. Uh, (laughs) It's one of those bag of tricks that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw it in the playoffs or even if I saw it this week when we need a, you know, need a massive play. Um, I I think he's the type of guy who can, who can do it. And, uh, you know, we'll see what that looks like. That said, who, uh, who are you giving your game ball to? Not a lot of great choices here. Like everybody kind of like there, everybody kind of had a moment or two. Um, but, uh, nobody really like deserving. I think I'm going to go with Fred Warner. Not the, not the greatest game, obviously, but that pick six is so huge just from a game flow perspective, because like I said, and we went from being a couple minutes going in a halftime down two scores to actually winning at halftime, uh, really changed the game around. And then he did play pretty well the rest of the game. He wasn't awful by any stretch, you know, Uh, tackle for loss, a pass breakup. So I'll I'll give it to him, but this was not a great game for, uh, for game balls for sure. No, um, I don't know if it'll, if my voice will carry over because sometimes when we both try and talk, even on our new recording system, it doesn't work, but he had 11 tackles. I mean, he's been, he's been a tackle machine this year. And I think Fred Warner is the great choice. It's who I voted for in the game day thread. Um, but that said, I'm going to give my game ball. I'm going to go not even on the offense or defense. I'm going to go to Robbie Gold. Um, I'm going to give it to him because he hit the game winner and he's looked a lot sharper lately. I mean, he did miss the, the extra point last week, but uh, you're right. The second half of the season, he's he's looked a lot better. He's looked a lot um, a lot more like Robbie Gould, and, and we're definitely going to need that in the playoffs, and I'm feeling much, much more comfortable about it. So it, re- it really makes me wonder if it was like a long snapper issue or a hold issue. Remember, because we had that yeah. conversation on earlier ones where we just like for over a four week period, we just kept churning out long snappers. So uh, I don't know. He's looked good. You know, uh, maybe he also got worried about Chase McLaughlin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but now he doesn't have to because he's no longer around. Yeah. So I want to move on. Uh, you know, we're a little early in the podcast to be to be moving past the last week's game. Um, usually we talk about them for a little bit longer, but I want to talk about the Seahawks game uh, because it's it's the biggest regular season game that I could think of in, in a long, long time, and that might even include the Harbaugh era. Uh, we're talking about two teams battling out not only for the NFC West, uh, but if we win, we're the number one seed in the conference. If we lose, we're the number five seed. We know that now. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a swing. You don't want the five seed. This is as must win as it gets. You might as well call it a playoff game. Um, because we're not we're not going to be going three on the road uh, and and to the Super Bowl. I I, I don't think that. Um, I'm still sticking by my prediction, even though it technically failed because we did lose to the Falcons um, of going to the Super Bowl and winning it. Um, I still think enough of the players coming back are going to help with that, even though there there have been some injuries that can let me off the hook a little. Um, but what do you think? Uh, what's going to happen this week? First off, I want to say that. What an amazingly frustrating game this is because I, I mentioned this in the the thread. I, it, this is such an annoying game because at no point this year have I looked at Seattle and thought they were as good as us. No. Like they just, I mean, in credit to them for finding ways to win that, that in and of itself is, is sort of like a crazy skill in, in any given season. They're like, yeah, if you follow college football, the team that I'll think of is like the 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes. Like they just won every game by like three points and take took that all the way to a national championship. Like it was weird. That's 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 Seattle. And like here's the like th- this should not be a game, especially with how banged up they are, right? Like yeah. they are coming into this so hurt. No Dwayne Brown, no Chris Carson. They're literally signing two running backs off the street and Ronald Turbin and Marshawn Lynch to probably play a considerable number of snaps against us, if not all of the snaps between them. Yeah. Like, this is insane. Josh Gordon was suspended, and, and not that he was a big part of that offense, but, you know, that, that happens. No Will Disley, obviously, tore his ACL earlier, or his Achilles, I don't remember. And then you look at what this team has done, like, at home. You know, this yeah. vaunted home field advantage. And don't forget Al Woods. Uh, oh, yeah, he's... Al Woods. I forgot about that. Recently suspended for four weeks. So he's out. 
Oh, and they lost Mike Upati. I don't know if he's out for this this week. I know he got hurt in the last game. So this team is just brutally hurt. Jadavian Clowney's been battling injuries as well. I'm sure he's going to go for this game, but clearly he's not going to be 100%. And then you look at what's like happened at home for them this year, right? Vaunted CenturyLink Field, where it's supposed to be the greatest home field advantage. It took, they, they almost got beat by the Bengals there, right? They lost to the Saints there, and the score was a single score game, but that game was a blowout. They just lost to the Cardinals at home. They beat the Rams by a point at home off a missed field goal from the Rams. They lost to Baltimore at home. Like, this is what they've been doing at home. You know, yeah. this is like, this is amazing. They did beat, they had a nice win against Minnesota at home. So I'll give them credit for that. But, you know, like, this is not the same team. And it's so frustrating because as a fan and as a team, that mental block, I know is still there. It's still there for me. And I, I, I imagine it might be there a little bit for the players and I'm hoping they get past it. And of course, you're still worried about Russell Wilson because he's Russell Wilson. But what an amazingly frustrated game that we could actually look at this team who has struggled so much, who doesn't appear to, to be in any way, shape, or form healthy. I'm not even sure they're very good. Yet they have all these wins and they're going to the playoffs. And I'm concerned about we're going to lose. Like, I don't know how I can pick us not to win, but like it's in my head, <laughs> you know? It's yeah, it's definitely something to be to be concerned about uh, because it's it's been so long. I mean, we're talking week one of 2011. Uh, they weren't the Seahawks uh, that they are now at that point. Uh, I mean, they were fresh off of a seven and nine playoff appearance, um, but otherwise they weren't a good team at that point. Now, ever since they became quality, ever since they drafted Russell Wilson, uh, we we can't get past that. So it's, it is that tough, you know, that, that tough uh, concept of, of playing somewhere and uh, having all of those losses in a row. And you, you do have to overcome that. You have to overcome the crowd noise because the crowd's going to be wild for it. They know what this game means to them, even if, uh, you know, their team on paper isn't quite as strong as ours is, even with all the injuries on both sides. Uh, that crowd is going to be very, very, very loud. And, you know, everybody's going to play um as hard as possible it's you're right i don't know how we're in this situation i mean they we've swept the the rams and the cardinals this year um they've lost to each of them by double digits it's it's pretty crazy to think about that that we're in this situation and it's even crappier to think about that if we just held on last week uh this game is meaningless like we've already clinched everything that we needed to clinch it's over. We can rest guys who aren't healthy. And, but here we are. We're going to have to play a tough game. And if we lose this tough game, we're going to have to come right back and do it again. Uh, so it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be pro probably just as physical as the first one. Uh, hopefully we exited a lot less uh, injured than we did the first one. Um, but that said, what do you think? What are your predictions? So, I mean, I'm going to predict that Spoon needs to play a better game. I mean, he's going to have to play a better game because uh, he was miserable against the Rams. And so the the Seahawks are legitimately using DK Metcalf. Like, they use him a lot. He's done pretty well. Better than I thought he was going to do in Seattle. And so Emmanuel Mosley was lined up on him last game because I believe Spoon was out or maybe that was the game he came back, but he just didn't play much. But Mosley was on him a lot. But the problem is Mosley's giving up like five inches and like 60 pounds or something like that to him. Like, that's that's a really tough ask. So I know Spoon's a little bit, you know, spindly, I guess, you know, would be the word. He's very thin, but he's big. You know, he's six foot two, six foot three. That that size, that length, that matters against guys like him. So he's going to have to come in and play really well on, on DK Metcalf because – for as well as, as Mosley did, I mean, you really couldn't ask him to do a much better job given the size difference. I just don't want to be put in that situation again. So, like I said, I mean, just looking at the two teams and even with our struggles, and and I'm probably more down on our team than anybody in that forum right now, like in terms of my concern. Like my concern for like the defense is on like high alert right now. I've got, you know, we got some things that we're, we're still going to get to in this podcast that I'm concerned about. 
But given their injuries, given their 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 season, you know, I mean, it's just it's it's unfathomable that this is a team that seriously could win the division over us, given the differences between the seasons for the two teams. Like it just it blows my mind. Their their point differential is <laughs> like I, I what is it? Plus 19. That's it. <laughs> plus 19. That is insane. Oh, it, actually, I think it's a plus 12 now, right? Because they lost to Arizona is what I got. Oh, is it? Let me. Yeah. So it's, so it's plus 12. I would just like to mention the teams that are higher than the Seattle Seahawks. And that includes Tampa Bay. That includes Philadelphia. That includes the Tennessee Titans by a good margin. I mean, this team by all rights is a is an eight win team, a nine win team, you know? So this blows my mind. I can't in good conscience though pick against the 49ers. I think we're a better team. I think we've got a little bit better luck with regards to the injuries, as weird as that says. I think I I'm pretty sure Shanny said Taylor's back. So that's that's a nice get uh for the middle of the, the defensive line. I would be surprised if Tart doesn't play. I mean, I know that there's a shot that he doesn't, but I would be very, very surprised if he um, if he doesn't. So we're getting a few people back, and that's nice. And more importantly, I mean, we lost by a field goal in overtime after we could have won it in a game where we didn't have Kittle or Sanders. Like, I know that Atlanta shut them down. Uh, it was the first, you know, first game where we really got shut down offensively when we had both of them available. So kudos right. to Atlanta. What a weird... What a weird sentence. Although Kittle uh, did have a huge game against Atlanta, though. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, just the offense as, as a whole was discombobulated. Sure. The thing that maybe concerns me a little bit is I wonder how well Jimmy's seeing the field against his own defenses. Like, that concerns me a little bit. I, I, I might want to, like, deeper dive into that um, to see if that's, a, if that's a legitimate problem for him. And I haven't watched enough, like, specifically looking for that to see if that's the case. Kind of feels like it. I don't know. So maybe that's a problem with Pete Carroll's defense, but I can't in good conscience pick against us in this situation. I feel everything's on our side except for the fact that we're on the road. But like I said, I think we've actually – you could argue we've maybe played better on the road this year. I agree. Uh, So I'm going to pick us, and I'm going to – I'm going to pick us like – 31 to 17. Like, I think it's going to be a good win. Yeah. We can, we can use a good win. Uh, But yeah, you're right. We do play better on the road. The only road game we lost was in Baltimore by three points on a last second field goal. And we played uh, the best team in the league. Incredibly tough. Um, So yeah, I mean, and and here we are, you know, trying to root for a home field advantage. (laughs) Maybe we should go on the road. (laughs) I will be honest. It's actually not home field advantage. I I I, I could care. I don't care about home field advantage. Yeah. Because like so I was saying, and for L, you know, it's 50-50. We drop a dud or we come out and hammer somebody at home. And out of the NFC teams, I would argue that we have the worst home field advantage, right? Like, I mean, if you look yep. at those, like New Orleans, Green Bay, I want the bye, man, because you can't win without the bye. It's just so difficult. So well, especially because of our early season buy and especially because, you know, we have guys and we're going to segue right into the next topic, uh, essentially here, but Jaquanski Tart coming back from injury, um, that gives him an extra week to heal up. If he doesn't play this week, we're talking about guys like, um, and my thing's blocked here at D Ford, D Ford. <laughs> on him for a second. Uh, you know, he might not go this week. He's not expected to play this week. Uh, he should be back. And, you know, that extra week, uh, can really help because when he came back last time, it was definitely too quick. He re-injured himself quickly. It'd be great to give him an extra week off and and have him healthy for that run. Um, yeah, no, the buy is definitely what's the the important part. Um, but that said, you don't want to play in the Superdome. <laughs> in the you you don't want to be playing in Lambeau in the playoffs. Um, I know that, that we had some teams that were able to overcome those things in the past. Uh, you know, in the Harbaugh era, but. It's it's a lot better to have the crowd on your side in the playoffs. That's where I'll go with that one. 
Um, for my prediction, I'm also going to go with the, the 49ers win. Um, I'm, I was going to say 31, uh, but I thought 31-24. Uh, I'll give the Seahawks a little bit extra credit just because of the, the divisional matchup and because I think, you know, they're going to give everything they, they possibly have to win this one. Um, so I'll say 31-24, a little bit closer, but I agree. I do think it's going to be a win. That said, let's take a peek at the playoffs. We don't know what seed we're going to be. It's either going to be number one or number five. Uh, there's no other options. So that's a, quite a swing. <laughs> what, um, what a weird, I mean, that's just, that sucks, man, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like that sucks. It's it's just crazy how top heavy this the NFC is. I mean, for a second today, uh, you know, before the Minnesota gloss, uh, it could have been possibly number one or number six, which is even right. crazier. Um, yeah. Thankfully, we don't have to go go that wild. Um, but that said, you know, we are going to get uh, those players back: uh, Jaquaski, Tard, D. Ford. Um, some of the other guys who've been banged up a little bit are are going to be coming back as well. There's also still the outside possibility, something we didn't think possible, of Quan Alexander coming back. Now, he has to miss the first game of the playoffs. Uh, whether that's the one seed or the five seed, doesn't matter. Um, he has to miss eight games. The first game in the playoffs will be the eighth game. There was a Instagram post last week. We didn't get to talk about it because we, we had some schedule issues and didn't get to have the episode. Um, but Kendrick Bourne said Quan told him he was coming back this season. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I'm impressed. I, I, it's a situation where I, I will, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I, you know, crazier things have happened. I mean, I, I brought it up in one of the threads, like, you know, Jerry recovered from like a torn ACL and MCL in like 14 weeks, you know, yeah. and you could say what you want about him getting hurt in the game. He came back. The dude called a touchdown pass and was able to come back and play. I, I mean, you know, and I don't even know if the injury had anything to do specifically with his his previous injury. So that's still impressive. I mean, it's crazy. So I'm not going to rule it out, but like torn pecs are just one of those situations that like they're always, they've always been a season ender. I mean, Malcolm Smith, when we signed him, tore his pec in training camp and missed right. the entire season. Like, you know, 16 weeks and preseason. So, uh, you know, so I've never JJ Watt. I think tore his pec, and I've not heard anything about him potentially coming back this year. So, you know, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Kudos to him for for training and and trying to get back and being confident that he um, that he will. Uh, but you know, um, we'd love to have you back. But you know, take your time, man. Don't you're you're not going anywhere. It's all good. You know, you don't have to hurt yourself. So, yeah, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Ford. Honestly, I'm just not counting on. It's a soft tissue injury. He's got a lot of them over his career. Uh, even when he comes back, he's he's going to play just a few snaps, and then I wouldn't be surprised if he got hurt again. Uh, this has been a recurring thing all year between various injuries, um, you know, various things that are tweaked. He's probably not going to be right until next season. So I'm not banking on him at all. The only one I'm counting on and the only one I expect back is tart and we need tart for sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, the thing is though, I said this and I, I said this in the thread, the injuries are just an excuse right now, man. Like they are because the amount of talent that we still field is, you know, there are playoff teams that would kill for that. Right. I would still rank us in, in the upper levels in terms of just pure talent we're putting on the field. So the, that, that's what's so concerning about how badly the defense has struggled. And I, I, you know, my comment was, this is actually the time where I've become disillusioned with, with Robert Sala. Like, because I think this is more and more on him. And I know I'm kind of getting into the, you know, a, a, a outline point that's a couple away, but yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't seen enough adjustments. Um, we are just married to our scheme. I, he's starting to send some blitzers, but I don't think that's always the answer, especially when the adjustments that offenses seem to to be using are get rid of the ball, you know, get rid right. of the ball. Because if you're sending eight blitzers, or you know, if you're if you're if you're dropping four and sending seven, and they're just throwing the ball fast, well, then your blitzers aren't getting home, and we can't get to the quarterback right now. And we have a team that has. Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, and DeForest Buckner. That doesn't make any sense. 
No. From a talent I mean, just think about what we still have on the field. We have those three on the defensive line. We have Fred Warner, who, you know, everybody says got, you know, snubbed for the Pro Bowl. So one of your two linebackers, because most of the time you're in a nickel, is, is an arguably a Pro Bowl linebacker. We go four corners deep, respectively, right? Like, I mean, Sherman has a legitimate shot at being a first or second team All-Pro this year. I honestly think he is probably going to get second team. Spoon's fine. I mean, he had a miserable game, you know, Saturday, but he's fine. Mosley played really well. And Quan Williams has been one of the best slot corners in the league. So we go four corners deep. And then at safety, we're still fielding Jimmy Ward, who has been very good this year. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not great. He's not a playmaker, but he's made some huge plays like the first Rams game. And I mean, that's our, that's, that's the defense we're fielding. So this is not an injury issue to me. This is something else. And that's what's got to be fixed. And uh, Jimmy Ward, uh, you know, even without being a playmaker, is a Pro Bowler alternate, uh, which just shows the respect he's gotten for what he's been able to do while on the field uh, because he doesn't have that big play uh, that he's made this year. He's just been, you know, he's been the eraser. He's been exactly what we've needed back there. Um, And credit to him, he's going to play 13 of 16 games. Uh, It's the second most he's ever played, so uh fantastic you know we picked on him a lot for that so it's great uh to see him able to to stay healthy not, not only have... that but it's it's like 13 consecutive right yeah because, because he missed the first three so like i don't know if he's ever played 13 consecutive games i have to look that up but i, I think his uh second season he played all 16 so oh, okay there we go <laughs> yeah <laughs> kudos to him because you know injuries yeah they've been brutal on him and, and he's always had the talent we, a lot of us really liked him coming out um yeah, Definitely. Oli was a huge fan of Jimmy Ward, I believe, when, when he came out. So, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just for me, like, I, I, I'm starting to see you had mentioned on one of the very first podcasts, like, you just weren't sure that Salah was, you know, Salah was the guy. Right. Like, there was just, you didn't see anything there. And that's kind of where I'm at. And it's ironic that it took not the abysmal seasons that we had the previous two years for me to see that, but when we got the elite talent and then just lost a little bit, you know, like, because this, this defense should not be, you know, bottom three in sacks over a month and a half stretch. It shouldn't be dead last in interceptions over a month. Like that shouldn't be happening. And I want to give the offenses some credit for sure, but you know, he's got to make some adjustments to that. He's, he's got to change it up. And Pharrell was saying, you know, like, Hey, let's, let's run some cover too. We have Fred Warner who I think, could handle a robber role really well as a linebacker. You know, you, you want smart, capable guys to, to handle that role. And I think he could do that. And I just don't know how often, you know, he changes things up like that and, and adds these wrinkles in. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a little bit frustrating because I don't see the problem. I mean, obviously the injuries hurt and it's definitely sapped our depth a lot, but just the, man, we're just still stacked with like legit talent. Like it's really good. So right. it's frustrating. Yeah, it's it's frustrating that he hasn't adapted since the first Cardinals game when the Cardinals kind of showed the blueprint for how to slow down the pass rush, you know, mobile, uh, get a quarterback on the move, you know, throw quick passes to the to your outlets in the flats, um, let them do some damage. And we we still struggled with that yes or the other day against the Rams. It's uh two days ago now. Um so it's it is frustrating that he hasn't made those those changes. That said, there's two things I want to respond to um, that you had mentioned. Uh, first, talking about Quan Alexander and the pec injury being being a much larger injury. Some guys are just built differently. Um, you know, you mentioned Jerry Rice coming back right away. Uh, Adrian Peterson had one of the most ridiculous recoveries uh, from an ACL injury. Um, should have been a much larger injury. Heck, Richard Sherman uh, came back one week from a four-week injury uh, on a grade two hamstring strain. Some guys are just built differently. I mean, if the Fatima can clear him and Quan thinks he can go, I'll, I'll trust him. Uh, he just feels like one of those guys. Um, and he's, he's out there rehabbing on the field already, doing all those kind of things. Uh, you know, we could certainly use it. I don't think Greenlaw has been all that bad. I think he's been, been pretty good, pretty decent. Uh, you know, was the, the leading tackler last week against the Rams. Um, but it'd be great to have Alexander there and put Greenlaw back in the Sam uh, Aziz Alshayer, uh, hopefully he has a better seasons ahead of him because I have not been impressed uh, since he's been pressed into duty. The second thing I want to comment on, uh, D Ford, 
uh, you're not expecting him. He might only play a couple snaps. Um, true. Uh, you know, I agree with that. I don't expect him to uh, certainly be, a, you know, 75% of the snaps kind of player. But I will say I'll take D4 to 50% for like 25 snaps over trotting out Solomon Thomas or Anthony Zettel, uh, who we just picked up and uh, got rid of Jeremiah Valoga, uh, who didn't do anything while he was in there other than had the, the one nice pass breakup against the Rams. Um, I, I think that, that's still a huge improvement um, because Thomas and uh, Zettel there, and well, Zettel's obviously just a late season pickup, um, but Thomas is done. I'm, I'm over that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm there with you. And and my thing is, I, I, I obviously agree wholeheartedly that I would rather have Ford. I just think it's very likely that he's going to come back and just get hurt again. Like that's kind of what I'm bracing for. So I'm not really expecting him to come back and, 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 and be a factor. Uh, and yeah, cause this is just a soft tissue injuries, especially for guys who, like you said, there are certain guys who are built differently. And like, there are certain guys who are susceptible to broken bones or pulled hamstrings and things like that. And D Ford is just striking me as one of those guys right now. Like, cause he's had back and leg issues for a while now going back to Kansas city. So I'm just, I, I, I don't want to get my hopes up that he's going to come back and actually be a, a factor in the, in, in the games. That's a fair point. Well, that said, that about wraps up another episode of 49ers future. Uh, we want to thank you, the listener once again for, uh, you know, making it all the way to the end of another, another episode. Uh, the 19th one that we've done. Um, so we're going to hit number 20 next week to when we talk about the, the Seahawks game. Um, if you've listened to this far, please make sure that you share this with all your friends who are fans of the 49ers. Um, share it on you know social media. You can also like us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. We haven't been all that active on there, but we hope to change some of that. Um, and then, of course, subscribe to the podcast, all of that. Forge, any, any last words before we send it off for the holidays? Uh, yes. Kyle. Shanahan, please, please, please give Brunskill some snaps at center. I can't deal with Ben Garland much longer. No, Ben Garland is a guy that we had on this uh, uh, outline, but we'll make sure to talk about him next week. Yeah, uh, it's it's not been pretty through two games. so um, It it has not. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm not saying they need to make the change now, but I would start to – I would start to prep it because, yeah, I – at the time of the Rich Big injury, remember I said I, I wasn't sure because I don't think of centers that way. Right. And yeah, I'm sure now. <laughs> I'm sure. So yes. So please, please get Brunskill or Person. I mean, Person's got center experience too. So either one, get him warmed up. Absolutely. Well, thank you all once again for listening. You all take care. Have a have a happy holidays if you're listening to this beforehand, or otherwise, I hope you had a happy holiday in the past tense if you're listening to it after. Take care and we'll we'll chat again soon. Thanks guys. Happy holidays.